of Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Thursday, the last Thursday of 2022. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break, fun show so far. you got the podcast at theticketfm.com. The show is sponsored by Gaina Trucking. You can always call or text us at 402-464-5685. Watch and comment on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Mike Schaefer, 24-7 Sports, is in the building. Schaefer, we got a lot morning. To, we got a lot to talk about with Schaefer. We do. And we, and we have a guest on the line. We do. First, Schaefer, so, hello. How are we doing? Good. Schaefer, this is going to be a packed hour, so. It's packed. I'm, I'm ready to roll. He's I'll cut my comments in we half. Ha- we have a lot. You guys are going to a hoops game tonight. We got yep. Colton on I'll the line. There. Yeah. Uh, Colton feast, feast on the line. Yes. Let's get to him right now. We are joined now by, I guess right now, former Nebraska defensive tackle, Colton Feast. I say former because he announced yesterday he is going to not play next year and, and head on with his career. Colton, good morning. Uh, walk us through your decision to not play football next year and move on with your career. Hey, yeah, so, um, you know, obviously after the season, um, a lot of stuff went into it, um, new coaches coming in, different stuff like that. Um, just kind of had to talk with my family and stuff like that and figure out what was best for me. Um, so I talked to Rule, talked to D-line coach, kind of just figured out what was best for me, you know, be going on my sixth season. Uh, a lot of stuff starts to happen, you know, had a couple ankle surgeries, a couple broken foot, stuff like that, so just kind of putting everything together and figuring out what I thought was best for me. And um, I'm decided to move on to uh, work with the Pertzel team, um, uh, selling insurance with Farm Bureau. Um, I just kind of wanted to put my ag background um, with something. And it was just kind of the perfect fit. Just important because during the claims process, there's only one deductible, which saves the clients a lot of money. And they really pride themselves on customer service. So I just figured it'd be a really good fit. So that's where I'll be headed. And I'm excited. Joined by Colton Feast, who was a 12-game starter last year, second in overall defensive line snaps played for Nebraska at 540. I'm only Ty Robinson played more snaps on the defensive line. Um, now, Colton, how difficult? Kind of characterize how difficult this decision was for you, and and how did it go with the co- the new coaches? How did I assume you met with them? Yeah, um, it was a really tough decision, you know, um, leaving all those guys, um, relationships that you've built over the last however many years, um, all the new people you've met, you know, uh, just going to be a different, it's just going to be a lot different. Um, and yeah, it was a tough decision meeting with coach rule and, uh, the D line coach, coach Knight. And, um, and we had some good talks and stuff like that, but in the end of the day, I just got to do what's best for myself. And, um, uh, this is what I felt was best. So, for those who would like to know a little bit, I know, I know you talked to the coaches, but for, so far, what what are your initial impressions of the new coaching staff and, and Knight, Coach Knight and there, Colton? Yeah, I think they're good stuff. Um, obviously, they've been out on the trail recruiting pretty hard. Um, obviously, a lot of different stuff that they want to do here, um, different maybe schematical stuff on defense, um, stuff like that. You know, when everyone new comes in, there's a lot of new stuff that happens. The strength coach seems like a really good guy, um, really knows his stuff. 
Um, I'm sure the workouts will be different and stuff like that to what they think they want to do. So um, I think they're going to do a good job, though. Colton Feast joins us. Colton has made the decision to not play next year. You had one year left. You'll sell insurance for Farm Bureau um, under agent Troy Perchel. Did I pronounce that right? Perchel? Yep, yep. The one thing I was wondering about last night when I was thinking about this interview was the defense actually played pretty well. You ended on a high note in Iowa. Two, Two-prong question. What did that win mean to you personally and as a defense? And why, why did the defense come on under Bush? Why did it, it kind of almost turn on a dime in a lot of ways? What, what went into that? Yeah, I mean, obviously winning that Iowa game um, is huge for especially a kid from Nebraska who grows up here watching the game every year, you know, on Thanksgiving or right around Thanksgiving. Um, and not being able to get it done for four years out of my five – or, yeah, four out of my five years was, you know, kind of um, made me want to do it even more. But obviously going out on, on, on that high note was huge for, you know – momentum going into next year stuff like that but yeah the defense you know kind of just changed under bush um i think bush might be the best coach i've ever um seen be able to get the players to um get behind him um so he can really teach stuff um simplify stuff like that um yeah so i think everything just kind of changed you know we started playing together as a whole unit um, mm-hmm. i think that's what we were missing for most of the beginning of the season is we weren't just playing as a whole unit you know We'd have one person out of their gap or something, and that would—that's what would lead to those big plays. So, yeah, I think we just kind of tightened it up um, as the season went on. Regarding your time with Nebraska, Colton, I guess what, does the Iowa game go down as your favorite memory of your time as a Husker? Then, or is there something else of your time here? Probably, yeah. Um, after the game, going to grab that trophy, you know, on Iowa's field and bringing that thing back with us on the plane. So, yeah, it was a—it was that was probably my favorite experience. Um, obviously, getting those guys back for what uh, we wanted. Colton Feast joins us. Colton, what do you think about this defense for next year? I mean, how now it's lost. You've lost, it's lost some key players now. You yourself, O'Shawn Mathis, Garrett Nelson, um, Houseman. Does it? Can it still continue to improve? In your opinion, what do you think of it? Yeah, I think there's going to be you know some maybe less experienced guys in there, um, but myself was one of those last year and. Uh, I just feel like, you know, you take everything seriously. Spring ball will be huge this year to uh, prove yourself to these coaches and stuff and um, earn your spot on the field. So I think there'll be a lot of competition during spring ball, which will help uh, develop the team. And, uh, yeah, I think the defense can be all right, you know. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people to, that need to step up and fill those roles. Well, Colton, good luck in your next endeavor. Uh, appreciate your time coming on the show. And, and uh, again, good luck in your future. Thank you very much. Good job, That's Colton. Colton Feast. Former Nebraska defensive tackle. I didn't mention Caleb Tanner either. Um, that we talked to Schaefer about this. The edge position has really been hit. I mean, they don't. They're gonna have to. Is there? I mean, you probably got a better handle on the new guys coming in than I have. Chief mm. Borders, do you have any handle on that? Uh, well, I know who he is. Um, <laughs> Thank you. He's got like a six foot four, two hundred and fifty pound frame. Um, so you start with that like right away. From there, it's not like he has a ton of experience playing. Right. That's the thing with Elijah Judy, too. I mean, both of those guys they brought in to, to kind of help with that defensive front. You're sort of hoping they can take that next step for you starting in the spring. 
because you're you're banking on the fact that they ended up at SEC schools to start with. Yeah. Uh, even if they haven't necessarily shown it yet. I do think, you know, a couple guys, uh, it was big to get Jamari Butler back. Yeah, sure. I mean, his one uh, 18-hour stretch in the portal um, that, that ended in him coming back to Nebraska, I think is a, a big thing. And then you have Blaze Gunnarsson as well. Those guys will be, oh, they, you know, they, they got to be, be helpful. You, what you need is you need Blaze Gunnarsson to stay healthy. Like, he just needs... He needs a healthy spring. He needs a healthy fall. He just it doesn't feel like you get a lot of like ten week stretches with that guy where he's available for you all the time. And so I I think they kind of stand out as as important. I wouldn't be surprised if they're keeping an eye on the portal, see if there's <laughs> another player or two that they can add that way. Um, but you know we'll we'll see kind of what happens there. I mean, part of it for me is you don't want to go too far down the road of well, this is what they have, this is what they don't have. We don't even know what Tony White's defense is going to look like exactly. And so trying to line up the pieces that you lost with the pieces that you gained without really knowing what this is going to look like. Is it going to be a 3-3-5 exactly? Is it going to be a 3-4? Could there be some 4-3 looks? Will, as I suspect, as it is for every coach ever, contain a multitude of things? And so it's really hard for us to sit here and label it all. And they laugh at us in the background like they do all the time. That's kind of what I'm expecting. We get a call... The coaches laugh at us. Well, yeah, because I, the idea of like we love labels, we want to label everything. I know. This guy's a this, and right. this guy's a this, and there's like, well, sometimes he's here, sometimes he's there. What are you going to call that smart guy? Right. And then I have no answer. Yeah, and the three three five thing is way overblown. But go ahead, Jake. We had a caller in the first hour. Uh, Derek called. Was was curious about Nebraska Matt Rule's first year yeah. and how he handles the transfer portal. Will it be aggressive and like I need to win now and go over the top here, or will it be like no? I'm building here. I don't want to go all transfer portal heavy. How do you believe these next, you know, this is going to look with under him? Other than Marco Ortiz, every guy has multiple years of eligibility, right? Marco Ortiz, the long snap. Right. But everyone else has multiple seasons of eligibility. So they're being aggressive in the sense that they're adding people, but they're being selective in what they're doing. If they were really in the, we got to win right away, then you're probably going to lean heavier on trying to get, one-year guys. Oh, Sean Mathis, Devin you know. Drew, those type of yep. guys. Yep, yep. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's a I think that's a portion of it. I mean, he said it in his opening press conference when people kind of brought up the fact that they struggled right away at Baylor and Temple. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't believe Nebraska to be in the same vein as those that he can come in and, and you don't have okay. to go 1-11 your first year. What do you think about that, Jake? Well, I don't think you want to go one and eleven your first year. No, be terrible. I don't know. I, this fan base would be just dead. I'm. That conversation is a difficult one, and I just can't. I can't wrap my brain around it. I think it's hard until until we really get into the spring where you actually see what the pieces are. Because here's the thing, it's what just today's December 29th. Yes, I mean, there could be, and I'm not saying there's going to be. This isn't me knowing anything. But they have until January 20th to go into the portal and go somewhere else. There could be more notable players on this roster or rosters around the country that some guy just wakes up today and decides this is his portal day. Yeah. You know, so you like we're kind of in that unsteady, like, don't count your chickens period because your chickens could leave the coop. Yeah, they could. Real quick. Yeah. Right now, as it stands. There's some important chickens that are oh, still yeah. in the coop. A lot of yeah. chickens. I'm not even going to name the chickens. No, I don't, I'm not going to either, but I know what you're talking about because I named them the other day. Um, the, the, the loss. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> and I left the door open. <laughs> the loss of Colton Feast means that five of Nebraska's six top defenders in terms of 
quarterback pressures will not be back. Yep. O'Shawn Mathis, 33 pressures, gone. Garrett Nelson, 32, gone. Caleb Tanner, 15, gone. Feast, 12, gone. And Drew, 6, gone. You know what that tells me? What? Nothing. All of those guys would have been gone anyways. The COVID year basically makes us think that they should be back and they shouldn't. This is the nature of college football, and people have to accept that. Yeah. And I think too much got made of, like, you have your 2021 defense, and it was full of these six, five-year guys. Yeah. And that's not real college football. Like we're, real. we're living in this fantasy world it's where it's strange. like You're right. Garrett Nelson should be. No, he's a four-year four starter. starter. He's, yeah. it's, Colton, same thing. It's right. time for these guys right. to, right. you know, I tweeted this the other day. And it's going to be like this until 2025. So there's still some more years left. I'm, I'm ready for college football to get past the extra year I know. of COVID. Because I think it's, it's created it's this mentality oddness, yeah. where it's just like, oh, well, they should get the. Well, no, I mean. You're talking about 22, 23, 24, some 25-year-old yeah, guys. I agree with you. It's time to, to, to it's, go on. It's odd, though, because you heard Colton say he wrestled with it. Like, it wasn't... Well, yeah. You know, it was... I, I mean, and I, I mean, respect that, but I totally understand moving on. I Well, right. And, and some of it, though, is he's, I'm guessing, 23 years old. About that. This was his last football season. And yeah. that is probably the hardest mental part of it. For a kid like that, and is, knowing, I'm never going to play again. Right. But knowing he could right. if he wanted to. But, but then so he said you. the magic words. Like, he's talking about his broken foot, his ankle. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easy for us to don't have to actually physically go and do it to be right. like, well, why wouldn't he play another year? Right. I don't know. Maybe because it's physically demanding having the crap kicked out of you every single day. Every day. And then to have 12 days a year where it really, really matters. And for people to be mad for half of those, no matter yeah. what happens. Well, I'm, I, when I look at Casey Thompson, it, it, Casey Thompson is going to be 25 years old yeah. next season. But I, he wants to play, it seems like. Um, but it's odd, it's odd, right? It'll be a sixth right. year of college football. Right. It'll be 25 years and old. I don't, I don't want to begrudge 25. that. 25. But no. at the same time, like when people are sort of like, well, he should come back. It's like, no, man, four or five, six years a college that's a lot it's time to go that's money. an attorney you're a different person six years ago than oh, you were right now no question you know so it's they're ah. individual decisions yeah though. they so, are they're i guess individual I, decisions. I look at what you're saying and yes they lost all of those pressures and at the same time it's like that's the life of college football mm. like we've made it where it's become this sort of thing where you're not supposed to lose people and that's not the way it's ever been mm. no the thing is they haven't developed enough that they can just come right in you know right behind him right and i i just maintain i I mean i guess all i'm saying is that edge position those guys are pretty good now i people i've heard people on our message board people tweet at me and say simple they're not that good get get over it i don't know garrett was a second team all big all big 10 player he's a very good college player it's always funny to me the the guy that is one of the better players on your team that he chooses to go pursue the NFL, but he's not good enough for that. Right. But if he comes back, he's one of your best players and <laughs> could be an all-conference yeah. player. I mean, it goes both ways, Schaefer, right? Yeah, O'Shawn was not great this year, but he was an all-Big 12 player at one point in his life. Yeah. Um, Caleb Tanner never missed games. He wasn't He wasn't. I, a, a I think great Garrett player. Nelson's the biggest loss out of that group. I don't know that that's a, I think a you're shocking right. take right. I think you're right. Um, yeah, and, and some of it is – Pressures versus sacks. I mean, we're very much a sacks are what matters society. You could have 10 sacks on 15 pressures and be less valuable than the guy who has 35 pressures and three sacks. Right. But the guy who has 35 pressures and three sacks is 
can't ever get home isn't affecting the game, even though that's not true. Mm-hmm. But that's just, you know, we have that one category, and that is, you know, that's what really matters. Right. We had a conversation earlier today, Schaefer, regarding the importance of bowl games and and where people stand. Nebraska has not played in six Stop. years in a bowl game. Um, as you as you would assume that you know SIP is still defending bowl games, and, and it's fine. I do too. I'm at this point not having I six. I mean, I, I, I'm going to defend bowl games. Of six years without games? making a bowl game, you should absolutely want to have a bowl game and and pay attention to that bowl game if you're a Nebraska fan. Where do you stand in terms of right now? I mean, both for Nebraska and just nationally, the importance of bowl games. I mean, I I prefer Nebraska to play in bowl games. Like it's great from a, a business side of thing. It's also just great because it's something that can happen in late December where nothing else is going on, and you get moments like yesterday. I mean, how cool was that for Kansas and Lance Leipold to uh, to be able to play in that game after the sort of the run that Kansas has had? It was a memorable game. I mean, people you know, are going to remember that, especially if anything goes forward with Kansas. So, um, you know, like I, I understand there's a certain Nebraska fan that has experienced enough success of where it's like, if you, you've seen the, the orange bowls, you're not exactly over there caring about the Liberty bowl mm-hmm. or the, uh, you know, the belt bowl or the, the Gasparilla Mayo bowl, whatever bowl. I, I sort of can understand that. And yet at the same time, like, if my favorite team is playing mm-hmm. and they're playing in a in an exhibition game or whatever, I'm still paying attention. Like if Nebraska's playing in a bowl game, I would think the majority of the fan base is still going to be paying attention. God, I would hope because so. it's your team yep. that is out. Yeah, there. if you got well, I was telling Jake, okay, Purdue's gonna play LSU on Monday in the Citrus Bowl. You're gonna tell me nobody's doing this, so I don't wanna be too obnoxious. Who would who in their right mind would say that game doesn't matter if Nebraska's playing LSU on Monday? Yeah, in the Citrus Bowl, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Jake's going to be talking about ad nauseum. If they lose, we're going to be up in arms. If they win, we're going to be saying, "Now wait a second, Nebraska just beat LSU." Are we're they building gonna, momentum? To yeah, 2023. We got, we're not going to say it didn't matter. You don't like the conversation about bowl momentum. People think that's not real, but you think it is. I think it can be. I mean, I don't think it always is, but I, yeah, I definitely think it can. That's where a lot of this comes to is bull momentum. It can lift your program and push it into the off season with momentum. I think it's valuable. I mean, I do. We talk that. about this every year. You look at this. Was it six years now without a bull? Yeah, six years. So that's uh, lost track. <laughs> that's not well, good. I mean, it's, that's not good. It's, <laughs> the last bowl game I was at, it was a Music City yes, Bowl. It was, that was uh, it. That it was, was incredible. New Year's Day. And remember how incredible that that scene was at Nissan Stadium? Well, it was fun because it was a helmet game on top of it. It was Tennessee, Nebraska yeah. in Tennessee. You know, and the, Tennessee fans are singing Rocky Top at the right. end. Derek Barnett still singing Rocky Top after his performance against he Nick a, Gates. He had a you know a top ten draft pick worthy performance. Yeah, he there, was awesome. So. Uh, Riker Five played pretty well, and Brandon Riley played pretty well in that game. That's that's what I can remember six years later. Uh, you know, so I, <coughs> I you you have six years where you haven't had you know a minimum of three weeks of practice. Like that stuff matters too for the development of people. I mean, Absolutely, you know, it's eighteen weeks of practice minimum that you've been without because your program can't get that one extra game. And it's game dark. Every year. The stadium goes dark yeah. for 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 a month. Like you know, it's just a there's just a cold north wind blowing through there. That's Except it. Except on signing day, yeah, where it's a it's a lot of hot air. Yeah, you know, and I don't I don't 
I obviously we both work for recruiting sites. Like, yeah. but the thing is, when December becomes the month that everybody's looking forward to every year, and it's not because of a game, like that's a concern. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, you need it to where it it's kind of a thing like they can't be on the road recruiting all the time because they also have a game to get ready for. Yeah, I and mean, all these other teams are getting ready for games. I was getting ready to play Kentucky. Sam running, a, running RPO. RPO in practice? That is such a horrible game. Sam Laporte is their third-string quarterback. Such and they're changing up their offensive identity for the game. Now, RPO. Yeah, you they wanted got to change this conversation from Nebraska-specific to one concern I have with the way the transfer portal is laid out and what that's doing to teams that are trying to play in these games. I mean, you had Shane Beamer come out and talk about it. What did he say? He he said four of their tight ends that they had in the game against Clemson are all in the, it all went into the transfer portal. Like, they – they had like nine tight ends to start the year, and they're down to two usable ones for their bowl game. Like it's because guys went into the portal. Yeah, and when you have that set up where the December fifth, and you have games being played December 29th, and you know if you look around the the league, I mean, or not the league, around the college football, I think on average seven players per team are going right. in. Right. So, mean, so, so if you're one of those that really got hit, like one that had 20, like Texas A&M, obviously they're not playing in a bowl game. No. But, you I'm thinking. I'm thinking out loud. Could you wait to open the portal till after the bowl season? The problem is the way the calendar sets academically, because everybody wants these players to be available oh. in January, January 16th, and January 23rd. If you're, you know, a school like UCLA, not a big deal, mm-hmm. because you don't start until February Different or whatever system. on the the, the trimester yeah. thing. Yeah. If you're in Nebraska or you're Kansas State or yeah. whoever, classes start January 23rd, and you're not like. I mean, we're not at the point where college football is going to be able to be like, well, these kids can enroll February 1, and the college will just deal with it. No. I mean, it's, it's no. not fair. See, do you understand, Jake, do, what we're yeah. talking about? I do. So, so then it becomes like, well, do you wait until – do you try to get the bowl games done, and then you just have it like, say, December 25th through January 20th, and you just – you move everything up bowl? Because like, one of the things I have is the bowls could be played – like right after conference championship week, don't like, wait that full week. week you don't. Half, you don't need right? to wait to get to January anymore because you have the bowls that matter, and that's the college football playoff. And really, everything else could be played earlier. Yeah. And it's, maybe you can create a portal schedule that way. Mm. But man, the when we talk about college football, we always talk about you know all these different things, and really, you leave off the college aspect of it, and that. Enrollment date in January is what's messing yeah. up early yeah, signing right. day yeah, and you're the right. portal and all of it. No, you're right. Exactly right. Did you get, did you get and that? And then if I you complain it. about it, it's like, well, it's college football. Yeah. If you have any questions for Mike Schaefer, please call or text 402-464-5685. More next on Early Break on the Ticket.